Welcome to the Equipped Podcast, where corporate woman Cassie Duke and college basketball coach Clarice Garcia help you uncover what God's Word says about who you are and His promises for you. This podcast is a journey to equip and empower you to operate and thrive in your God-given identity. It is a great day to be back with you, our equipped family. It is such a joy always to just spend some time and share in God's word and his presence together. So as always, we ask that you um, be filled with just whatever God wants to put on your heart as he did for uh, my wonderful co-host, Cassie Duke. Um, We just hope that you get to experience all of the nuggets of wisdom that God has put in place in front of us today. And so Cassie, what a joyous opportunity to just delve into the word. Absolutely. And every time we do this, uh, we feel this way. And Clarice, we don't do this enough, but we love it when we get the chance to. And you listeners, we appreciate you uh, staying with us, hearing God's word. Uh, spoken through this podcast that's Clarice and I's heart's desire is to convey the word of God to you in a way that uh, is very easy to understand and equips you for what God has called you to do thanks for that reminder Cassie I just think I just remember the heart of when we first started recording this and and the heart has not changed for either of us and obviously for God wanting it to be to his people so the fun thing about just journeying with God, I don't, I, I look back at a time when I was younger in my faith and I don't think there was ever a time that I was like, Ooh, I'm excited to read in the old Testament about all the <laughs> things that happened with the Kings in that day. And so, you know, but as God matures us and as God grows us, there are just so many amazing little chunks of stories that we find in scripture. And the King that we're going to talk about today actually is King Hezekiah. Um, and I hope I'm saying his name right. It might not even be that, but King Hezekiah. And it's neat because his story is found in three different places in the Old Testament. And so I think of the repetitiveness of when people are either presented in scripture or their stories find themselves appeared in multiple places. It's a neat time to just lean into, okay, God, what's special about what you did in their life? That's exactly right. That is a great standard as you all are studying scripture in general. Like Clarice said, if something's repeated, whether it's repetition within one phrase um, or repetition through multiple books in the Bible, that is Clarice, like you said, a highlight or there's something, a point of emphasis that the Lord is showing us through that. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be the first to say I have not studied Hezekiah until now. Yeah, same. Um, it was and funny. Was yeah, it's funny surprised yeah. when I found that there were three <laughs> locations that spoke about him. Well, sorry, it's just funny to me because I was just kind of browsing through the Bible and I was trying to find something different, and I just happened to flip in Second Chronicles, mm-hmm. um, and the the phrase you know how sometimes it just jumps off the page and it's so highlighted. And it wasn't even, I didn't have any markings on that specific passage or anything like that. And you know me, my Bible is highly marked and color-coded and drawn in. And I just love, you know, journaling in my Bible. But this one had nothing, but the thing, the phrase that popped up quickly as my eyes glanced was, he did right what he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And I was like, oh, who did that? Like, let's, <laughs> let's see what is, you know, who, who is noted in the Bible? Cause you think of David 
who is a man after God's heart. And then you look at this one and it's like, oh, he did right. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. So I said, ooh, this is a good, this is probably a good resting place. Yeah. And uh, gosh, isn't that something we'd all love that descriptor about our life? You know, he mm-hmm. did what's right in the eyes of the Lord. And again, it's so interesting to me, David, who was another king, who that scripture, Clarice, you just said, a man after God's own heart is so commonly known. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting here thinking, okay, Hezekiah, another king who did what's right in the eyes of the Lord. I'm like, that's an equal compliment. So let's yeah. dive in. I'm excited to share a little bit about what we studied and some of the revelations uh, about Hezekiah that we saw. So I'm going to start us off, Clarice, mm-hmm. in Second Kings, actually, one of the three spots he was talked about and a good portion of his life is outlined here from second Kings 18 through 20. And so we're going to start in second Kings 18 and I'm going to read uh, two through seven and then let's unpack that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it starts off. It says he was 25 years old when he began to reign and he reigned for 29 years in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David, his father had done. He removed the high places and broke the pillars and cut down the Asherah. He broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the people of Israel had made offerings to it. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him. Wherever he went out, he prospered. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and would not serve him. He struck down the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory from Watchtower to Fortified City. So let's pause there, Clarice. There was a lot. <laughs> so much. I mean, first, <laughs> I mean, first of all, 25 and you're ruling a country is, you know, ruling, you know, <laughs> the king of Israel, nonetheless. Um, right. I think, you know, I think of, um, current things that are happening and you know queen elizabeth was the queen of england for so many years but mm-hmm. she you know took the throne at a very young age and mm-hmm. so i think that's just so neat of who god is it's his timing not what we deem as the timeline that's right and so it doesn't matter if you know you're 25 or whatever the case may be if he wants you to be in that position he's going to have prepared you equipped you and then be present with you as you navigate that assignment with him um so i even just love that that he was there and so i think that if you break down these statements right it's Mm -hmm. there's there are about six of them and it's just amazing because it says he did he did right Right. And so that is, he did what was proper. He did that, which is righteous. And I know in other podcasts we've talked about righteousness is nothing more than just walking in the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he was right, you know, he was upright in his um, character. He was correct. He, you know, if you think of walking straight and narrow, he yeah. just did not deviate. He did not turn. He just kept his eyes fixed because in that next phrase, it said he trusted in the Lord. Um And I think of, you know, when we have complete trust in someone, how that feels and just how much more so we can trust in who God is. And that means that we're confident in we, you have that feeling of safety, you know, where you're just Mm -hmm. like, I can come to you bold, bare, just raw and say everything that I have on my heart because I have confidence in who you are. That's right. 
Yeah. And verse five saying, <clears throat> excuse me, he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. Like you just said, it's that confidence. It's that unwavering um, security in Jesus and the Lord. Yeah. And he said, but the scripture said, Clarice, this is what was highlighted so boldly to me yeah. that right after that, it said, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, yeah. nor among those before him. So here, his trust in the Lord is being highlighted as a standalone, meaning the mm-hmm. kings before, not so much, the kings after, not so much. And there were some pretty phenomenal men that mm-hmm. reigned in this area. And so Clarice, what a strong statement from scripture there. Absolutely. When you think of, like we talked about with David, the strong statements about people, and you think of Solomon, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So it was like none before him or after him were as wise because he sought God's heart first. Mm -hmm. And so it's like those, those who seek his heart first, which goes into kind of this next phrase, he held fast to the Lord. Um, I love the visual. Um, When you're holding close to the Lord or, I think even a word is like clave to clave to them. You are joined together. You pursue them closely. You know, you mm-hmm. stick or cling, right? I think of mm-hmm. things that like stick or cling on me that I'm like, I don't want on me. And you're just like, why is this not going away? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just that mm-hmm. abrupt disruption of personal space of just, ah, you know? Yeah. And I appreciate you defining that because the term held fast not something we really say nowadays. So again, <laughs> we've talked about studying scripture y'all. And so it, it could be easy to read over for he held fast to the Lord and think, okay, that's a nice scriptural right. sounding statement. But Clarice, you defined that um, Hebrew word and to clink like that is a very good visual. Like yeah. Hezekiah didn't just pray every now and again, he was clinging to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you think of why would you be clinging, right? For safety. Like, why would I cling to something? I would mm-hmm. cling, like, you know, I think of you and you and your husband, Ryan, it's like, mm-hmm. if you were in a situation of, you know, a dangerous situation, you would cling to him mm-hmm. because he is that support for you, That's you right. know, and you have that visual of, I even think of like little kids running up to you and just clinging and not letting go because they're just mm-hmm. like, I love you. And, you know, so just that neatness of, how real God is and all of the things that he's given to us, whether it's a little kid clinging to you or whatever it is, he wants to just show such a perfect vision of who he is to us and for us. That's right. Um, And it builds the previous mm -hmm. verse. We talked about, he trusted in the Lord and that you said that that was have confidence and to be secure, to feel safe. You're not going to cling to something you don't trust. And so again, you parallel that to like me and my husband, but like in that scenario, I would do that because I trust that Ryan's going to protect me or that Ryan's going to take care of me. And that's, gosh, that's just an earthly example. So even more so how much we can trust and feel safe in the Lord and know, and Hezekiah knew it. He held fast to him. He clung to him because he knew that that was for his good. He knew that he trusted the Lord. So Clarice, it's neat to see how all these characteristics also build on one another. You don't cling to something that you don't trust. Absolutely. Well, Mm -hmm. and then to kind of piggyback into the next one, Mm -hmm. if you're pursuing something closely, you know, you can maybe get bored. You can maybe just say, you know what, enough is enough. But Mm -hmm. the Bible says he did not depart from following him. You know, and so he did not, it never came to an end. 
right? He didn't avoid following God. It just was something that he did and he lived. And so his faithfulness and staying close never ended mm. because he trusted, you know? And so it's just really a neat recipe because it was like, because he walked in his ways, he was able to see how God worked in his life to build that trust. And so then he just kept holding fast to him and he didn't stop. Mm -hmm. um, and so you look then, he kept, he kept the commandments. And I think of the Old Testament, the buildup, right? Right. You know, God gave them one job in the garden, which, you know. Here we are, but <laughs> then he moved to 10, right? And then he right. cut it back down to one and, you know, love your neighbor too. And the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I just think of, but you always see in scripture, these commands, right? And so what are the commandments? It's okay. Well, what does God want me to do? What has he told me? Yeah. Um, and that could be as, you know, firm, steadfast, you know, lasting in scripture for eternity is the commandments or, you know, something as simple as a marching order to, hey, you need to say this to this person, right? Or right. in the case of Hezekiah, you know, when his city and his, his land was under attack, he got marching orders from God where, hey, cut off the water supply. Or, mm. hey, I'm going to send my spirit to confuse them. Or, hey, I'm going to, you know, send this king back and he's going to fall on his own sword. So it's like he knew from falling closely, not departing what he was to observe what he was to watch for what he was to wait for what he was to give heed to mm -hmm. right and so when you keep the commandments you keep yourself and you refrain from what is not commanded you know so it's like you keep that straight and narrow yeah. um and you're just so aware you're so aware of okay what did god say what do, what do I do then? You know, and it's just, it's so clear, but it's so hard often. I think of just how hard it is so many times to be like, oh, I knew what I was supposed to do, but. <laughs> yeah. And then we don't. Right. But Hezekiah <laughs> did, did, he kept those mm -hmm. commandments. And so I'm sitting here thinking, this is Old Testament, right? That's what you've right. said. Mm -hmm. And every time I hear commandments, I think of Jesus's words in the back half of the book of John, mm -hmm. which again, Jesus came after Hezekiah, but the yeah. principles Jesus was teaching were the same principles from the Old Testament. You know, it's not like Jesus, the keeping my commandments was this brand new concept as we see here in second yeah. Kings. But what Jesus said is, you know, those who love me, keep my commandments. And yes. so Clarice, when I see this, like Hezekiah's commitment to not depart from God and to keep his command commandments is a sign of Hezekiah's love for God. Oh, absolutely. And in all of that, he prospered. Mm. And I think when I, when you first give a like once over of that mm -hmm. passage, it's like, Oh, he prospered. So I think of in our terms, okay, well, what is prospering? Right. Well, you know, everything went well with his job. He probably had money. He <laughs> had a family, like all those things. But when yep. you actually look at that word, it meant that he had insight, right? He was prudent. So he was very um, frugal. So he also gave attention to, that which was important. So when you prosper, you're not giving attention to a thousand different things that don't matter to what the call of God is. Right. And it means he had success. And so, yes, he did. Um, you know, you read later in his life, it was, there's whole thing of where he had gained all this wealth and all these different things. Um, you know, but he was able to more than anything have insight 
That's right. And this verse seven, it starts, and the Lord was with him wherever he went out, he prospered. And so the why he prospered is called the Lord was with him. And so that Clarice, that connection of all these things we just said, he, he trusted, he didn't turn away from, held fast to, kept the commandments. And then the result here, the Lord was with him wherever King Hezekiah went. Um, he had that prosperity that you just defined. And I love the definition. Cause again, that term prosper p- prosperity, we commonly think financially. Yeah. Um, but it's more than that. It's that Absolutely. insight. It's the, to be prudent, all the things you just said. So yeah. it's beyond just he, while he did have wealth, it's so much more than that. Yeah. And he, and he needed it. I think of when I was 25, I mean, I, I was, I was a head coach. And I think back at that time and I was like, okay, when I was 25, I was a head coach also. So same role I have now. And I was thinking, man, I needed, I, I did. I needed that insight because the group you're leading is, but maybe three, four years younger than you. So, you know, you need that insight. And then in his case, he's leading people that are well beyond his years and probably wisdom. And so it's like, okay, God, catch me up to speed quick with your insight. Um, That's right. But I, I love that because he was so close to God's heart, his life is just full of ama- amazing legacy, yeah. you know? And so you think of, okay, when it's the very first thing that kind of, like I said, he it popped off the page was, he did right in the eyes of the Lord. And so it was like, okay, well, what was right? And so you look at it and the first thing he did was he restored the temple. And so we think of what what the temple was in those days. It was there, but this is again, like you said, this is before Christ. So that through the priests was their access to God. Like the priests were the ones that were to go into the Holy of Holies. They made atonement for sin. And so it wasn't now where it's like, you know, the law was written on the tablets, whereas, you know, when Jesus came, law became written on our hearts and, you know, he came to save us and now lives in us versus having to go to the temple. And so there's just a whole, whole thing we could do on, on temple versus, you know, veil torn and versus Christ's crucifixion. And now what we have access to, so that's a whole nother one, but we won't truly deviate from there too much. But in second Chronicles, that's the second place we talk about it being in um, his Hezekiah's story being in second Kings, but now also in second Chronicles, he cleansed the temple because it said um, he told them to carry out the filth from the holy place for our fathers have been unfaithful and done what was evil in the sight of our God. They have forsaken him and turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. And so then it kind of goes on a little bit, but then, Hezekiah says, now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, in order that his fierce anger may turn away from us. Um, And so it's just awesome because he realized the importance of what God had designed, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this is neat for his story too, because it didn't matter what his fathers had done. It clearly says that they have been unfaithful. Um, I think part of his story was that his father, grandfather, he was so evil in the sight of God that they didn't even bury him with the other Kings, you know? So it's like, it doesn't matter. And I think this is just proof of who God is because it didn't matter what had been in his life before what he had seen. Mm -hmm. He locked eyes with God who then gave him, his heart and put on Hezekiah's heart, what was on God's heart. And that's what led him to leave this legacy. The first and foremost being restoring the temple. And 
he inspired them with his obedience to God and his obedience allowed, you know, the Levites who were responsible for this to then turn and cleanse the house. Yeah. And again, I appreciate some of the history there, like the temples, this was a big deal and a big symbol in that time. But what I'm thinking here, like when we described his fathers of being unfaithful, they've done evil in the sight of the Lord. They've forsaken the Lord, turned their, away their faces from the habitation of the Lord. Clarissa is like the polar opposite of what we just read yeah. about the description of Hezekiah. You know, he is faithful. He's doing what's right in the sight of the Lord. He yeah. did not forsake him. He has not turned away. And so I'm sure Hezekiah, when he saw that happening in the temple, uh, it hurt his heart like he he was not okay with that Mm -hmm. um and so i love the fact that he was a man of conviction and like you said the obedience that he's like i am going to cleanse this i am going to make the wrong things right here with the lord's help and putting action or obedience behind his um behind his words or behind the way he lives life and from that and so i'm always over here trying to parallel old testament stories to my life today Mm -hmm. but what you said then he inspired them with his obedience and we can do the same thing today. A obedient life led is one of the best ways to witness to people about who God is. Um, one of my favorite sayings is uh, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. <laughs> what matters so much more is our actions and our obedience is what draws people attention. That's what makes you different. That would be what makes you stand out. So just like Hezekiah stood out, in his time, the same can be true today. Yeah. Well, and you think of the, the people group, the Levites, right? Mm-hmm. Their their job, like their order, their commission from heaven was to be in charge of the house of the Lord, mm-hmm. you know? And so you even think in the unfaithfulness of the king before them, they weren't even doing what they were supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? So right. it took a man like Hezekiah to then call forth and bring forth back to them to be like hey this is who you are and this is what we do so let's all get back on the same page and cleanse this and so you know the Levites then gathered everybody consecrated themselves and you guys can go back and read and um you know some of the former chapters in the Old Testament and that was not an easy process you know it just was a long process of just you know we're consecrating ourselves we're making ourselves right before the Lord um, and they went to clean the house. And so they, the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it. And they brought out all the uncleanness, um, that they found in the temple and took it to the court of the house of the Lord. And so it's just such a neat visual of, Hey, we are purging from us and we're removing from us that which is not of God. Right. And so then it takes us then into, you know, the next part of part of his legacy is that he restored God as the center and then made a praise culture. And so I think of just a David, right. He did the same thing. He talks in scripture about, he danced wildly in the streets and and did not care. He was unashamedly um, praising God because of who God is. And he's like, I don't care what y'all think. Like I'm gonna praise my God because this is what he's done and has a thousand different passages of what God has done and how his faithfulness to him. Um, and so you look at the passage that the whole assembly worshiped, right? So this one man who Mm -hmm. grasped God's heart, the whole assembly then turned to worship and the King and all who were present 
with him bowed themselves and worshiped and Hezekiah and the officials commanded the Levites to sing praises to the Lord, you know, with the words of David and, um, Asaph, I think, <laughs> um, <laughs> they, um, and so they sang praises with gladness. They bowed down and worshiped and Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced because God had provided for the people. And what caught me, I know we talk about things that pop up off the, fra- off the page. And this was one of those phrases too, for the thing came about suddenly, right? So this, mm-hmm. this man of God took the throne decided he was going to be and do the right thing, cleanse the temple. And all of this was sudden, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like when God wants to move and work, it may be so dark and so bleak and just so overpowering that you just cannot see the end of darkness. Right. But in one instance of obedience, it's a it, um, domino affected into the assembly worshiping, which then you look at corporately with his country. He then restored that to his country. And so I even think of just that now in our culture, and there's just a lot of things that, you know, we see as darkness that are trying to invade our country. And it's like, okay, God, well, there's hope because suddenly the things came about. Mm-hmm. And so I even think of just as we are navigating the different things that are going on with us and, you know, in our time, it's not much different, but it is possible that when we restore God as a center and restore that praise culture, you know, it was with gladness then, you know, because then they're like, oh, wow. You know, so they could have done this like begrudgingly and they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. And he's making me and, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that uh, uh, just um yeah just that blind unwillingness but they didn't they were glad yeah and later in second chronicles 30 verse Mm -hmm. 21 it says and the levites and priests praise the lord day by day singing with all their might to the lord so the way hezekiah prays following david's model now his obedience impacted what it says the levites and the priests they began to worship this way yeah um what a big difference. And Clarice, I love that you highlighted suddenly. I've always heard it said that our God is the God of suddenly. Yeah. And so if you are in a season where you've been holding on or waiting for something, or you feel like it's dark right now, that that suddenly is as real today as it was in Hezekiah's time, that God is still moving in the suddenlies. So that always encourages me. I look back and um, my own life and remember the suddenly moments when it seemed so far away, it did not look like anything was <laughs> coming uh, my way. And then suddenly whatever it was appeared, whether it be something in the natural or something even uh, mindset wise or whatever, uh, God can change it suddenly. And so that stirs up my faith this morning to remind me that when it seems dark. So think about those Levites who were in the temple when all the unfaithful and evil things were happening. They may have been totally disheartened. Like, well, look what our temple has turned into. And then yeah. this suddenly event happened with Hezekiah. Yeah. And now the temple is cleansed and they're praising the Lord day by day. Yeah. And so and that think- drastic mm-hmm. of a shift can happen in our lives. And I think that's what, that's what happens with the alignment of you when we walk in our calling mm-hmm. and we understand that we are living out what God has put in our path there is a gladness and a joy in that. And it's not easy. Like, you know, you, you all know that I coach basketball and we win and lose games and, you know, especially in the losses, you're like, what are we doing? But it's at the end of the day, you walk in the joy of the Lord. 
and you walk in the gladness of the path that he has chosen. And you just say, you know what, I'm going to praise you with all my might. I'm going to sing to you with all my might. And we're just going to keep walking forward and latch to your hip. (laughs) Mm. Um, And I think what was so neat then, so the obedience spread spread throughout the land, like we mentioned, Mm -hmm. and the people of Israel, he, he told them, he said, Oh, people of Israel return to the Lord that he may turn um, again to the remnant of you. And it's, and he said, do not be uh, stiff necked as your fathers were. And I always (laughs) crack up at that because I just think of how many times in the old Testament, the people of Israel were called stiff necked people, stiff necked people. And that in essence is just a stubborn people that wanted their own way, wanted their own will. And with the stiff neck, it's like, I'm not willing to be turned. Like my eye is fixed here and you can't tell me otherwise. Um, stubborn. So <laughs> stubborn. Another word that comes to mind. So stubborn. And so, you know, he said, do not be as your fathers were, which was, you know, very stubborn and not willing to yield. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says, but yield yourself to the Lord and come to his sanctuary. Right. And I think of this entreaty to the people because it's like, if you do as I have done and you yield yourself and put yourself out there as a willing vessel and come into his presence, right. And come into Mm -hmm. his communion, you know, even then you'll, you'll experience what God has given to me through his presence. Right. That's right. And so then the rest of the scripture says, for if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your children will find compassion with their captors and return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. Mm. And I'm just like, you think of just the heart stance and probably the stiff neckness of someone who has is holding another in captivity. Right. Mm. And I am sure that a lot of people are like, no, like I'm not releasing this person, but it's interesting because it says in your obedience, they will find compassion, you know? So even Mm. people who are just like, no, this is the only way, like, this is my task. You're just stay here. They even are changed through your obedience. So I love how one act of obedience isn't just for the one person. It ends up being for a multitude of people that we may never see. That's right. Yeah. And great highlight. Cause oftentimes I think of when we're struggling with God and he's asking us to be obedient in something and we may be automatically obedient or <laughs> may take us a minute. Be grudgingly. In that, <laughs> yeah, be grudgingly. In that moment, I can tend to be very self. Like, what, what does this have to do with me? Like, why, Lord, do I have to yield in this area? Why do I have to be obedient here? And Clarice, what a great highlight there that oftentimes it's so far beyond just me. Like, yes, he's teaching me something in that moment. I'm dying to self, (laughs) yielding to his um, direction and being obedient to him. But from that, we see it in Hezekiah's life, that obedient goes so far beyond just us. Mm, I love it. And then it's so neat to have a leader who one is obedient, but then he's simultaneously encouraged. And so Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to all the Levites who showed good skill in the service of the Lord. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything more than, Hey, you're listening. I see that you're honoring God and it makes me happy, you know? And he's like, Hey, keep that up. Which that's a great highlight too. Cause he was a phenomenal King. We see that. And again, we don't have the time today to go through all of his stories, but he right. was a warrior he he won battles, so he was a tough guy. But 
you can also be a leader that encourages, like you don't have to be, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of the right adjective here. You don't have to be strong or crass or mm-hmm. anything like that. You can be an encourager and still have that leader role with respect. Yeah. And so I love that he walked this out. Yeah. And it's just so neat because, you know, to stay encouraged in spite of, you know, issues. Okay. Obviously Israel's always been, you know, the land that God has chosen. It's been under attack and his issues are kind of in a lot of ways bigger than some of the ones that we face, you know, Mm -hmm. personally, like I don't have to navigate an entire army trying to attack me. It's, (laughs) I have another team that wants to beat my team. Like that's my battle, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is not life or death. It's just, Hey, we want to win. So he's dealing with some massive, huge issues of, Hey, these people, you know, the people that are coming, trying to attack them, not only are they, um, you know, talking bad about God, you know, they're trying to take him out. They're trying to, mm-hmm. um, discourage his people from doing what Hezekiah has said. And so it's interesting because as soon as that all happens, right. So you look, we're jumping to second Kings here, 19, yep. it says, as soon as Hezekiah heard it, and y'all have to read all these because there's just so much wealth in all of these, but we're kind of just highlighting the main things. But as soon as Hezekiah heard it, and it was just all the, the blasphemy against God and, and what he had done with his heart stance and turning Israel back to God. So Hezekiah tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And you look at every time that he had something presented, had something, you know, an issue or a situation, he always went and prayed. And I think of just how amazing that is. And so you look at his prayer, right? So you're like, wow, you even, you know, God, thank you for even including his prayer, right? Mm -hmm. And scripture so we can, can learn. And I'm not going to read all of it, but it's in. 14 second Kings 19 14 through 19 mm-hmm. and he gives God praise for who he is he states the issue he says God this is my request and at the end of the day I want you to get the glory for this because he said and um, you know save us was his request um, that all the kingdom of the earth may know that you O Lord are God alone Right. He wasn't like, hey, this is going to make me look like a great king. This is going to add to my resume of success. This is going to, you know, necessarily help the people. But more than anything, it went back to his heart stance where it said that all the kingdoms on the earth may know that you are God alone. Yeah. And so it was such a pure motive um, in that prayer. And then the Lord spoke to him back through the prophet Isaiah. And then literally during this prayer time, it was against the Assyrian king uh, that was coming up against Hezekiah and the Lord in his response indicated in a much nicer way, but I got you. Um, And they ended up not even having a fight that night after the prayer, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 of the Assyrian armies and the king of Assyria that was speaking against him the scripture says he departed and went home and lived in Nineveh Mm. like that Mm -hmm. was it Mm -hmm. so so neat to see that closest that relationship with God his Hezekiah's pure heart and his pure desire in that prayer and the Lord answered that Mm. and responded that's awesome and he and he did and it's just, you know, there's more to his story, but, you know, y'all can read the rest of, of his story. And 
it's just amazing to see the obedience that creates the overflow. That's right. And when we set our hearts and fix our hearts and just say, Hey God, bring me into your heart, right? Just bring me into your heart, bring me into a new realm of what is on your heart for me, for the people I'm around, for whatever the case may be. What is your heart and how can I share that with others? That's right. So, so much more, <laughs> but <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like we need to pause there for the sake of time, but yeah. remember his story, second Kings, second Chronicles and Isaiah, yeah. and we can read more on him. Mm-hmm. So Clarice, if you would, let's pray yeah. um, and seal up this time together. Yeah. Well, Jesus, we just thank you for highlighting um, King Hezekiah to um, us and our wonderful listeners today. Lord, I thank you that it is a challenge to be a light in the darkness and that that is possible because your light in us is so bright um, and it dispels all the darkness that exists around us. And so, God, I thank you that whatever our um, darkness is in our life, Lord, I thank you that you are um, allowing us to see you clearly, hear your heart, and that we just speak over every situation that has presented itself through the people here um, listening God, that there would be suddenlies. Lord, you are the God of the suddenlies. And so, Lord, we're thanking you for the breakthrough, um, for suddenlies, for miracles in their lives and their hearts and families and health. And so, God, we just thank you for the vision that you give to us that we can just cling to you. Lord, I just ask that um, as we cling to you, you would just you know, give us the confidence to continue to walk in all that you have said and spoken and that your marching orders would be just so clearly heard and clearly seen um, as we navigate our days. And Lord, just like Hezekiah, we want to do this with all of our strength and all of our might. Mm. Um, And so God, just be that strength and endurance in us um, to just continue to lift you up every day and praise you and Um, And all that we do, we just thank you that you will get the glory and that we want you to get the glory. Um, And so bless everyone listening, bless Cassie, um, bless our our lives and everything that you have called us to. And we love you and praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.